<laughs> Welcome to Tea and Tarot. It's Kate and Jordan. Woo! Today I'm drinking Pink Moon. We just had the full moon, and I made this very beautiful sun tea where I just like put the herbs in this mason jar with filtered water, well, spring water, and then I left it outside to steep, and then I left it outside at night to charge with the moon. That's so smart. I thought so too. <laughs> That's brilliant. What are you drinking? I am actually drinking a little uh, clarity our focus blend because it's been like first of all raining so hard and like thundering so I've been up since like five because the thunder was so loud I just gonna go back to sleep after that but also this kind of weather makes me want to do like nothing but stay in bed so it's helping me like get pumped up and focused yeah I love the rain it's like I also don't like to do anything I like to lay in bed. I'm, I just, I don't know. I just like the thunder and the quiet and nobody talk to me, please. It's raining. <laughs> Let the rain speak for itself. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Anything new with you? No, we're just working through our nice summer vacation. I'm about to go on a trip to Colorado Springs with my parents. Yeah, we leave tomorrow. I'm super excited. Oh. It's like not ever going to get above 80 degrees while we're there. No. Yeah, I'm so excited. Oh, that's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I'm so pumped. Now I know what time of year to go. Yeah. I don't like the cold. Like, I was born in Wyoming, but... I don't like the cold, not really. I think it's going to be so nice. It's going to be just cozy. Perfect. Yeah. Can I pull a card for you to see how it's going to go? I'd love that. <laughs> I'm going to pull it <laughs> So this is my Light Sears deck. When I pull a tarot card. Wait, I you found it? Yeah, it was missing. Oh, yeah, you already know. You know where it was? You'll never guess. <laughs> where? It was right where all my tarot decks are stored of course it was <laughs> yes and it was so weird because so the for the time frame that I was using my Guillermo del Toro deck um it, like the energy was like super intense which is very similar to the deck that I was using like it's such an intense um it's just an intense deck and so yeah, I'm super glad you found it Yes, but it, it was just, um, hold on, just one second. I dropped my cards. Okay. Ooh. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to interrupt our story, but you had two cards fly out you for the oh. Colorado Springs. We're going to go back to that. Let me finish my sentence really quickly. So I had the Guillermo del, del Toro cards and everything was like really in intense around here. Like, I found a garden snake in her backyard. I found a family of brown recluses. I had all these bugs coming out of the mud at my face. Like it was a really strange time and it's still really strange, but now it's like shifted into this like calmer energy. And that's when I found my calmer deck. So <laughs> oh. weird. Okay, Jordan, for your trip with your parents, <clears throat> You have 
Ten of Pentacles, which came out for you earlier. Oh, <laughs> last week. Yeah, like it's all family. You're enjoying yeah. your family. You are strengthening that root chakra. I love that. Yeah, and it's actually like you're strengthening yours, but really they're strengthening theirs because as we all know, the world is going through this like really weird transition and a lot of older generations, it's like, it's a big adjustment for them. Of course it is. It's a big adjustment for us and our, for our kids. Yeah. So <clears throat> what you are providing for them is that sense of like understanding and safety. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Which is nine of pentacles, but Some reverse. stability. Yeah. It's going to be such a good time. It's going to be such a I'm good so time. excited. We're going to have a lot of fun. I hope. I think you will. Man, I'm so burnt out. Girl, you've had a crazy week, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I haven't really been feeling that well on top of it. So I'm just like, I'm ready for today. The rain, it's raining here a little bit. So I'm like cleansing some of that out. I went outside before this podcast and grounded. And now we're here and we're doing good. Yes, ma'am. That's what we need. Yes. A nice, refreshing summer rain. I love a summer rain. Me too. It's like warm and ugh, me too. Did I tell you we have a pet, a pet caterpillar right now? No, but I'm not surprised with all of your animal adventures this week. Yeah, no kidding. So <laughs> we, ha my son named him Jerry and he's a little, we looked it up. It's a green and he has like stripes on his back and he has fake eyes. Yeah, I think he's gonna turn into a moth, but he's so cute. He, That's we got him, so cool. Yes, he was so tiny and now he's big and fat. And you can see, it's really cool because we're putting like uh, fresh leaves in there for him to eat, which by the way, I love that I'm taking from my personal plants because I feel like it's like, I don't know. It's like, that's how the life cycle should work. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just been so much fun. I can't wait for him to curl up into his cocoon. That's going to be so cool. And how cool for the kids to get to watch that happen too. Yes, that's how I feel. I researched it. Once he's in the cocoon, we're going to tape, a, a, what are they called? Paper towel. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So it like kind of hangs down. And that way, because when butterflies emerge, they have to dry their wings off. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And the whole process of like the transformation, the metamorphosis is like so insane. They like completely liquefy inside the cocoon and then like we, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's like, so this is going to be something that I talk about on my solo episode that's releasing this Thursday. Oh, yes, please tell me more about it because I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. So I love that we're doing this together permanently now because I feel like you have, I feel like you've always completed me. Like you're the sun to my moon. And I feel the same way about the podcast. Like you complete it, you know, but I also have been hearing from my guides that I need to continue like the solo stuff on top of it because they're because I'm channeling messages that are important yeah absolutely so, and it's, yes I mean honestly it's like this is the tea and that's the tarot yes and so we're gonna start I'm gonna I'm in the process 
of changing the titles of our episodes so that you, the listeners, can know what you're listening to before it started. So the episodes with Jordan and I are going to say T and then the name of our episode. And then my solo episodes, it's going to say Tarot and my name. And what we're going to talk about this week are the transformations, how we relate to butterflies and caterpillars, and also the lover's card. I can't wait. I'm so excited to listen. I like, honestly, it's hard for me to listen to myself talk. So I'm super pumped to listen to you talk without me being there. (laughs) (laughs) I never listen to my own episodes because I have anxiety. It kills me. It's, it's tough, man. (sighs) Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I'm really excited. And the lover's message is, I think it's going to really shock people because everybody thinks of it as like, an intimate card and like a relationship card but we are turning that on its head this week oh my gosh I'm so excited Uh, me too um are you about ready to get into our story okay yes I am ready and I'm going first this week because we went first last week okay so I I'm going to tell you my sources before I jump in, but I'm going to do exactly what I did last week. I'm going to tell you a little story and uh, then I'll reveal what it's about. So our topic this week was uh, children, right? About yes. uh, paranormal or unexplained instances involving children, which ironically, I also did that last week. So, Well, you inspired it this week. <laughs> I seem to be on a roll. But anyway, I got my information from a website called ghostandgravestones.com. Okay. And also Wikipedia, obviously. Love it. And there's also an amazing episode of a podcast called Lore about this topic. Okay. Yes. So let's dive in. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So our story, you may already know, like as soon as I tell you where it takes place, you're going to be like, uh, I know it maybe. So our story takes place in uh, Key West, Florida. I don't know, but Florida has been coming up so much lately, so tell me. Crazy. So this is back in the early 1900s. There is a young boy. His name is Eugene Robert Otto, and he's given a -a one-of-a-kind handmade doll. Now, who gives him this doll? We're unsure. Some say that it's from the servant who lived inside the house with the family, Others say it was a relative who traveled out of the country. But either way, um, he is given this little doll. He's full of straw. It's a little boy. And everyone calls the doll Robert. (gasps) Robert! We're talking about Robert the doll. So I'll give you a little bit of background on Robert the doll and kind of his legend and then tell you uh, what he's up to these days. And honestly, it's not great. (laughs) 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 So back in that time, uh, Eugene was obsessed with Robert the doll. Like he was very, very, very excited to have him. But then strange things started happening. Like his toys would get like ripped up and destroyed. And whenever they would question him, like who did this? He would say it was the doll. And obviously everyone's like, yeah, right, because he's a child and children are like not going to get in trouble. So, yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, you can totally relate. For sure. Yeah, I see the same thing with my like adult children. 
it's like if I call their parents they're gonna say whatever they have to say to not get in trouble so. yes that's what kids are for <laughs> right <laughs> so they assume like obviously he's making it up they're like that's bonkers obviously adult didn't do it we're not dumb stop destroying stuff and then one night they're uh sleeping and they hear uh Eugene start screaming and they hear all this loud noise and they go into his room and all of his furniture is like upturned and the room is just like completely disheveled except for Robert the doll and when they're like how how did you do this why would you do this he's like I didn't do it it was the doll and at that point they're like oh well he probably this small boy probably didn't like do this right so uh, they start to become a little suspicious so from there there's kind of different variations of the um the legend behind it some say that robert the doll went to a box up in the attic never to be heard of again until the next family moved in and then the cycle repeated itself so a little girl found robert and she's like oh what a cute doll which by the way have you ever seen a picture of robert the doll i don't know actually let me just show you right now what he looks like because you're gonna be like who would ever want to play with him like i mean just kidding don't haunt me please robert the doll but look this is what he looks like oh but you know what toys were terrifying back then in the first place <laughs> like have you seen the halloween costumes from those days yes holy shit like <laughs> straight up out of my nightmares and yes. that's just like your average three-year-old walking oh, down the street yes hard pass hard pass and they would knock on your door and there's no lights outside and they'd be like no. and you'd have to give them apples because no no, I'm just kidding. I don't know that that's true. Because it's nature's toothbrush. Is that why? <laughs> I've literally never heard that in my life. <laughs> I thought yeah, that, everybody had heard that. <laughs> I mean, maybe everybody has, but not I. <laughs> well, good to know. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the era of brushing. Is that why people eat apples so much in the morning? Oh, I know. That's so that they can keep the doctor away. Just kidding. Oh my <laughs> God, there's so many rules about apples. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. We got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but essentially. Yeah, I like them apples. <laughs> that's it. You're done. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> um. <laughs> So basically, this little girl finds the doll, uh, and she really likes it, and then the same thing starts to happen again. So that is one version. Another version is that um, Eugene actually moves back in as an adult, and what? yeah, finds the doll, and is like, oh my gosh, remember this guy? I loved him. He forgot, I guess, all about his childhood trauma, like, I'm sorry, joined the club, like the rest of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he like basically starts to have like the same problem but he becomes like obsessed with Robert the doll and like yeah it's just bad news so um whatever the truth of that story is the tr like the fact of the matter is that Robert the doll is now housed in a museum and if I was really smart I would have had it pulled up already as to the name of the museum that he is in but essentially he's sitting at, it's the East Martello Museum 
in Florida. So he's sitting in a glass case, just like in the picture I showed you. He's just like sitting in a chair. Yes. The crazy thing about him is that surrounding him in this room are just walls and walls of letters of people apologizing to Robert and asking for his forgiveness because the legend is that if you go into his room and you like make snide comments about him or talk about how he's like not real or you take his picture without asking permission that he's going to curse you and essentially this whole room is filled with letters people being like I'm so sorry Robert please forgive me my cat got hit by a car and I lost my job and now my mom's in the hospital it's like all of these horrible things that have happened to people since you know they went and encountered him and didn't give him the appropriate respect and then of course in addition to that he brings the other like classic signs of a haunting with like uh giggles or like hearing footsteps in the hallways the staff reports that his facial expressions can also change which is like even more terrifying i know no it's horrible (laughs) so yeah he's basically this like really negative energy that people can just go and like check out for funsies which by the way you know i encourage a healthy amount of (laughs) interest in things but always make sure careful when you're encountering stuff like that because you just never know what you're messing with and while it could be absolutely nothing it could also be horrible and you just don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're not safe so plus plus always be respectful you don't just go into a grocery store and start treating people like shit like you don't do that and you wouldn't do that to dead people either like no (laughs) And if you would, then please stop listening to our podcast because you're not the audience for us. Like, Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's, it's just like bad vibes associated with him. So first thing I wanted to talk about is we kind of talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about black eyed kids, but I wanted to ask you, Would A, would you ever like intentionally expose yourself to something potentially bad like that? Like, is that something that you are interested in? I think that I would because I don't think that it's as bad as, I think it's only as bad as people want it to be. That's how I feel. That's also how I feel about the situation. I feel like when people go in and they have these expectations for this really bad thing to happen, it allows that bad thing to happen. It's kind of like, oh God, what was that? The secret, you know, the, the, um, basically you put out into the world and you get back what you put out. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think that's very true. Whenever you open yourself up, like you never know what you're opening yourself up to, whether it's physically being in that space and being like, hey, that's not real, that's fake. And you're opening yourself up to the potential of negative energy, or even if there was nothing there and you think about it so much, you create it yourself. Yeah, you know what? That actually has happened to me because when I grew up, I had reoccurring nightmares of people breaking into my home 
And the reason I had those nightmares is because that is how my human brain processed spirits in the home because they were invading my space. So in turn, I processed it as actual people coming in and invading my space and doing this and that or and like you know like dangerous shit because it's scary and I don't know who this is and that's how my brain was so so when I finally learned that these are gifts and like it's not all the scary movies are I had to really unlearn that like big time And because my head, because I kept thinking like, all these dead people are coming in my home and they're fucking up with my shit and they're scaring me and blah, blah, blah. Like it left a door open for that to happen. And people, do you remember that guy we were, Jordan and I were on Zoom one time and there was a a black shadow figure behind me drinking coffee, just watching us. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yes. And it, it, yes. And it's like, just how you have to set boundaries in real life. You must also set boundaries in your spiritual life. So important. I would love to hear more about that. And that's why I don't think I'd be afraid of Robert the doll because I have boundaries. See, I really agree with you there. I really think when I was like, just going through and reading and thinking about it, it just, I don't know. I feel like there is like, obviously real evil, but I just don't know that it's going to manifest in like a dog and pony show like that. You know what I mean? I agree. Also, I would like to say that like back when Robert first originated, this was not something that was talked about. Ghosts did not exist, period. So if any, if even the slightest, smallest thing would happen, I feel as though people blew it out of proportion it's like the fishing stories, you know, like you caught, you caught a tadpole, but tell you tell everybody you caught a 10 pound piranha, like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. good story. So I highly recommend everyone check out the episode of Lore about that, because he does a really great job of giving you all the details of the story, and he, like, does a great job of fact-checking stuff, too, so highly remind, I recommend checking him out. Have you seen there's a show on, I want to say it's Discovery Plus, and it's, listen, I do not endorse, condone, or encourage ghost adventurers. I think that he is disrespectful. I think he's ignorant, and I think that he's a jerk, and I think he's a jerk to real life people as well. Just disclaimer there. Yes, I have very strong opinions about him. (laughs) Like, Uh, probably unnecessarily, but yeah. Anywho, I was watching Kindred Spirits, which I highly recommend. They are very respectful. They help the dead and the living. It's great. And it's Amy Bruni and uh, Adam Barry from the original Ghost Hunter series. Anywho, that's what I was watching. And then it ended, and then another show started playing. Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventurers has a new show where he, because you know, he has that museum where Robert the doll is. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. He has a whole haunted artifact museum. I mean, I did know that, but I thought Robert the doll was in Florida. No, I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Either way, they had access to him 
and um Zach and like a couple other people they stayed in one room where they had monitors and then they sent people down the basement to talk to Robert to see if he would like start affecting them yes you should watch the episode it's mm-hmm. interesting but it looks fake as fuck <laughs> Yeah, this one lady came in with an apology letter because apparently she had gone to the museum and was like, I don't believe in Robert and cussing him out. And Which, why would you do that to something you don't even know? And um, so she cussed him out and then they brought her back and she brought a letter for Robert to apologize because apparently he was like cursing her life. Wow, that seems to be the trend. Yes. So watch Lore for like a good informational, educational, and entertaining. And then watch whatever I was just talking about. I don't even know the name of it <laughs> for um for the other side of that. Because you know. Okay, I'm so excited to hear about what you're going to be talking about this week. Oh, okay. I'm gonna talk about one of my favorite topics, reincarnation. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm so pumped. I love reincarnation. Like it's so interesting to me. I love the way it works. I love the idea of, um, I love the idea. It's just interesting to know like what the past lives are and like how we relate to it and how we learn from it. So that's what we're talking about. Here we go. James Leninger was born in Louisiana in 1998. At the age of two, so now we're in 2000, he started talking about vivid vivid dreams of airplanes and fighting in an airplane, World War II, things like that. Um, He knew all kinds of shit about airplanes. One time his mom, so his parents are Andrea and Bruce. And one time, his mom took him shopping and he showed or she showed him a fighter jet and was like, look, there's even a bomb on the bottom. And then James replies, that's not a bomb, mommy. That's a drop tank. Well, excuse me? Two? Yes, at the age of two. I'm sorry. I've made it 30 whole years of my life. Never, ever hearing that before now. No, me. Okay. And also... I always see those statuses that's like, my two-year-old said this and this, and it's like an intricate paragraph. And I'm like, dude, you're making that up. Two-year-olds do not talk like that. No, they do not. Yes, it was so crazy. And th- so this all started at the age of two. Like, he, th- we're not moving to three yet for a while. Wow. So, yes, this is two and a half and up. So that happened at the store. He would have reoccurring nightmares that he was dying in a plane crash. They said that he would wake up and he would be like, um, oh, oh, the plane can't get out, can't get out. Little man stuck, dead. That is so traumatic. Yes, at two. I'm like, oh, no. Would you not like as a parent be like, I'm sorry, where on earth is this coming from? Would that not like freak you out? That's the first thing I would do was look around. Who is my kid hanging out with? What videos are they showing them him? Like, where are you getting this from? Yes. And that's exactly how they felt. They were like, they, that's what they did. And nobody was showing him any of that. He just came up with it. And it's like, 
So he had like real live facts. So another time, Andrea, his mother, was reading a story to James. And in the middle of the story, it was about a flight. And then James was like, mama, the little man's going like this. And then he kicked both feet towards the ceiling and said, oh, 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 can't get out. James said, or they said that James was doing it without emotion. I can't read without emotion. So we're just going to have to imagine that. No, that is terrifying. I'm sorry. My cat is being so loud. I hope that she's not bothering you. Oh, I hope that we can hear her. I love her. Um, That's terrifying. Like, that would be so upsetting to hear your child say. Yes. Well, Jay, so Andrea kept her composure and was like, well, who's the little man? And then James said quietly, me. Yes. Insert shocked face. Yes. So Andrea called his dad, Bruce, and James repeated the same story to him. And then Bruce asked him, son, what happened to your plane? And James replied that it crashed on fire because it got shot. And then Bruce asked him who shot the the plane. And James said, like with disgust, the Japanese. Yes, weird, right? So then the next- Yes. So the next day, James's aunt asked James, how did you know that he got shot by the Japanese? And James replied that there was a big red sun on the side of the plane. I'm telling you, I know, again, full-grown adults who do not know the, what the Japanese, like, there's no way. There's no way. No, unless you're, like, really interested in history, which I am not. Well, I am, but I just don't retain it. Like, I would have never known that. I don't, I don't know anything about what he's talking about. I'll just say that. <laughs> so Andrea's mom, of course, like, they talked to their parents about it. Andrea's mom, James's grandma, was the first one to suggest that maybe it was a past life memory. And so their family is very Christian, like the, like very Christian. And Bruce was like, not in my house, not reincarnation, that doesn't exist. Can you imagine how that first conversation, like how uncomfortable that must have been to bring up? Like, so I know that this like goes against everything you think you believe in, but have you thought about this? Yes, I just, I don't know, I just can't. Okay, so he didn't believe it, but more and more stuff happened. Bruce asked James, do you remember what kind of airplane that the man flew? And he replied, a Corsair. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I honestly also would know because again, I've never heard of that in my whole life yes and so it's okay so then he keeps asking questions like where did the airplane take off from and then James replied a boat named Natoma and the Bruce was like well that sounds like pretty Japanese and you know what James said no it's American so matter like the kind of frankness you can only get from a toddler yes ma'am yeah and it's crazy because honestly if you don't know what, like, where they're talking about, Natoma does not sound like an American name to me either. No, I would me either. And I appreciate the fact that they're like, oh, that does sound Japanese to, like, corroborate his story. And he even was like, no, that's wrong. Even though it made, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 
Okay, and then let's see. Okay, so then there was another day where Bruce asked James, like, can you remember any of your friends? And he did. He remembered one named Jack. And he, so James couldn't remember his family name. He could only remember his first name, which is interesting because the first name that he remembered was James. James knew that his name in a past life was the same as it was in this life, but he didn't know his last name. And then when Bruce asked him if he remembered any friends, he did know his friend's last name. So Jack uh, Larson was his name. Mm -hmm. And he was also a pilot, um, which is interesting because later on, Andrea and Bruce find a group of veterans from World War II and they took James there to meet them and James remembered them he, he remembered him yeah he that even so was old. like they're so old now <laughs> that like can you imagine what it would be like to remember your past life like that what I think is so cool is like being in his friend's position and like you just you lost your friend in a war and now you're getting to remember all these things and all these like memories with them how absolutely like life altering for yeah. everybody involved yeah. what a gift like oh my god that's such a huge gift to me um so yeah he remembered his friend and then there was another time when James and his dad was looking through a book and they saw a, a photo of Iowa, Io Jimma. I don't know how to say it, sorry. And James was like, daddy, that's where my plane was shot down. That's when it was shot down. And guess think, what? What? I'm sorry, I was gonna say, I think it's Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima, mm, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, yeah, they looked it up and yeah, there was a carrier, Natoma had been, had been to, say it again, Iwo Shima. Iwo Shima. Okay, in 1945, which is the date that James says his plane was shot down. That is my, I mean, like, what do you do in that situation? There's no way you can deny it. No, I think, No. So at the age of three, now we're to the age of three, so 2001, James began to draw. And his drawings were always about planes and battles. And he even named the planes of his drawings. And the names that he named his planes were real life names. And they matched up to what he was doing. That, I mean, the fact check after fact check, it's unreal yes so his planes were wildcats and corsairs and then he called the japanese planes zeke's or betty's and when he asked why those names he said that the boy planes were fighters so the zeke's and the girl planes were bombers the betty's and it's true it all lines up that is unbelievable my mind yes yes so with all of these facts, with everything that he said, the parents are continuously like fact-checking and researching, which is exactly what I would do as a parent. I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. I would just collect my information and research. And that's what they did. And they finally found his full name. The World War II vet, 
named James Hudson. What? Yes. So there was a small escort carrier called the Natoma Bay, which had been in the Battle of Iwo Jima. Further research proved that there had indeed been a pilot called James Hudson, and his plane had been hit by Japanese fire and was struck in the engine. This was on March 3rd, 1945. That is so sad and so crazy. Yeah, so it's like 60 years later, 70 years later almost. Wow. It gets better. So Hudson had a surviving sister, well, some surviving family. They spoke with his sister, Anne Barron, and she 100% believed James because she's like, nobody could have known those stories. Like, how did he know that? He knew exactly how he died. It wasn't like James Hudson was this like famous pilot who went down. It was like, it wasn't like that. And one time his mom made James meatloaf and James was like, man, I haven't had meatloaf since I was on the Corsair. Yes, crazy. Or whatever he was on the boat. Okay, so, so, so. Um, <clears throat> oh, I read this wrong. So I wrote when James was six years old, I thought it said 60. And I was like, how did he go from three to 60? <laughs> when James was six, year, six years old, his father took him to the reunion of veterans. And that's when he recognized them after 60 years. Yeah. And he said, they're so old. Sounds so crazy. Okay. We're going to end it with this one. <clears throat> one day after raking leaves together, Bruce told James how happy he was to have him as a son. And James replied, that's why I picked you. I knew you would be a good daddy. Yes. And Bruce was like, what? Because remember, he doesn't believe in those things. It's not, that is out of his comfort zone. For sure. So he was puzzled. And then James like continued when he was saying, and he said, when I found you and mommy, I knew you would be good to me. And then Bruce was like, well, where did you find us? And James said, Hawaii. I found you at the big pink hotel. I found you on the beach. You were eating dinner at night. Bitch, it was true. Bruce and Andrea did go to Hawaii and stayed at the Royal Hawaii, which was, I don't know if it is now, a pink hotel on Waikiki Beach. On the last night there, they had a moonlight dinner on the beach. Five weeks later, Andrea was pregnant with James. That, I mean, I have, like, no words. That is the <laughs> coolest. Yeah. I can't even imagine as a parent to be able to hear that. Like, It's so amazing. Funny. Okay, <clears throat> so they have a book. His dad wrote a book about this called Soul Survivor, the Reincarnation of a World War. Nope world war two fighter <laughs> pilot <laughs> i need to read it i haven't read it it was published in 2010 so yeah and you know what i think that noah has a past life in like a continental war and whenever she was younger she was always saying that she saw fireworks even to this day loud noises like and I don't mean that normal loud noises that people are sensitive to. I mean, like, sh like just the shockingness noises or like cascarones, silly string, shit like that scare, like scares her to her bone. 
And I think that if she had a past life where she was exploded by a cannon, you did the past life reading for me, remember? I was just about to say, yes. And you know who she knew in that life? Her daddy. That's it. Yes, I love, see, I just love reincarnation so much. It's beautiful. It is so beautiful to, I also, to just like think about that. There's so much, so much more growing and life to be lived and every single time you go through it's like so important you're learning something you're gaining things yes and I think that it's really reinsuring I can't talk anymore reassuring because we all go through like really shitty times and it's nice to know like this isn't the end like even after this life, like there's still more to be experienced. Like this isn't it. This isn't it. Don't get caught in the thick of it. Keep moving forward because this is not the end. Yeah. What a beautiful message to go along with that too. So too. I think it's a good, this is a good ending. I agree. Okay, then we'll see y'all next week. Bye everybody. Bye.